what a week. What a week. This has been a up and down roller coaster of news coming out about Pope Francis saying that he's going to consecrate Russia and the Ukraine on March 25th of 2022. Then yesterday we heard it was going to include humanity. It was also going to include an invitation to all the bishops in the world. We'll talk about invitation versus order. It was also going to include Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. We've now found out today that that looks like it's going to be privately. He will not be included in a public ceremony. That's the information I've got. There's been so many questions. I've been talking about nine questions. Yesterday it became 10 questions or objections about the consecration coming up on this Friday. And I've been in constant contact with my good friend who's been doing tremendous research on all these topics. And finally, we realized Tuesday we're ready to go. And Matt Gasper from Catholic Family News. Matt, welcome aboard. Thank you, Taylor. I appreciate the invitation. I'm honored to be here with you to discuss this really historic news. This could go down in the annals of the church as a very significant week in church history. So glad to be here. Without a doubt. And then the new news that came out just a few hours ago that you and yep. I have been talking about on the phone. I mean, and that probably maybe like an hour ago, yeah, an hour and a half. Yeah. Is very brief. Diane Montagna released the text, announced the text. Um, we saw it on Twitter first, and now it's all over, and other news sites have been breaking it. Uh, Pope Francis has released the official text of the act of consecration of Russia and Ukraine. It does mention us. It mentions the church. It mentions humanity. It also mentions Russia and Ukraine. We're going to look directly at that text. We're going to look at an interview, hopefully, with Malachi Martin on this topic as it relates to Kiev, Russia, Moscow, John Paul II, and Our Lady of Fatima. I think that'll be some news for people. We're going to look at all the different versions of the request to consecrate Russia by Sister Lucia. They're a little bit different. Big debates have been on, well, can it just be Russia? Can there be other countries? Can the world be included? Also, does the Pope need to order the bishops of the world? All these things are in these various texts. Right before we went live, Matt, we were looking at what? One, two, three, four yep. written versions. Trying to make sure we have all our ducks in yeah, the row. Yeah, trying to make sure we got all four. We're going to give you all four today and talk about the differences and then try to distill it all down and answer the big question, Matt, and that is, is this going to be valid? Is this going to meet the criteria of Our Lady of Fatima this Friday, March 25th? We better pray first. <laughs> exactly. We're going to pray. So I invite everybody to pray with me. We'll pray the Our Father, asking for his mercy upon earth. Oremus. Nomini Patris et Fidii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Patrum Noster. Quies in Celi Sanctificetum Nomen Tuum Venet Regnum Tuum. Fiat Voluntas Tua, Sicut in Cello et in Terra. Panem Nostrum Quotidianum da Nobis Odie, et imite Nobis Debita Nostra. Sicut et Nos Dimittimus Debitoribus Nostris. Et nenos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos malo. Amen. Nomini Patris, et Fidii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray, pray for, for us. All right, before we get started, man, we had a bunch of uh, tornadoes last night down here in Texas. 
Oh, wow. I didn't hear about you that. You didn't hear about the – oh, my. Hey, I want to show – I have been so absorbed in all the Fatima stuff. I got to get out of the bubble and <laughs> well, see the rest Well, of real things. quick, everybody like and share this video, especially to honor Matt Gasper, who's done so much research. Please do that. And, of course, subscribe and uh, click the bell if you have it. I'm going to run this clip. You can't – we won't see it on your side, Matt, but I'm going to run this clip of this tornado. Hold up. Wrong, wrong thing queued. This tornado happened. And uh, there's this red Chevy truck that gets spin spun around inside the the tornado. You haven't seen this, Matt? I have not. It sounds like that movie Twister from back in the nineties. No, it is exactly that. It's even a red truck. People are saying how uncanny it is. Wow! And you, you can see the red truck spinning around 360. It goes on its side. It's spinning around on its side 360. Then the tornado picks. Look at this. It picks the. Red Chevy back on its four tires, and the guy just floors it. And so drives. someone was inside of it. Well, oh, yeah, happened. he's inside of it, and then he just <laughs> he gets back on four tires, and he just he just drives off. He's like, I'm done with this. I don't want to be wow. in a in a tornado anymore. That's crazy. Insane. Yeah, we don't have. Well, we do have earthquakes here, right but <laughs> but the tornadoes are dangerous. Yeah. All right. Speaking about being turned around, twisted. Yeah. Let's talk about. What's going on with all of this confusion? Um, before we get to the text of Francis's consecration, yes, let's talk about what happened. 1917, we have the revealing of the threefold mystery yes. of Our Lady of Fatima. Um, that third mystery or the third part of that mystery was supposed to be released 1960. Yes, it was not actually in my book Infiltration. I show that John the Twenty Third broke the rules by breaking the seal, and actually looked at it in 1959. Yep, that's disobedience on the part of John the Twenty Third. Was not revealed in 1960. Then we had the chaos of 1960, the changing of the mass in 6970. Then in 2000, we had this release of what was supposed to be the third secret. Right. Everybody agrees it wasn't the full thing. But in that whole thing, June 13th, 1929, we have an apparition of Our Lady to Lucia. Yes. Is that correct, Matt? Yeah, if I can back up just a hair to the, so you mentioned the three parts of the secret, the the vision of hell, prophecies concerning the 20th century. Wait, and there's that, a hell, Matt? Apparently there is, yes. I thought we're supposed it's to hope that a, nobody goes there. And it's not empty by a long oh, shot. I, Bishop <laughs> Barron said, said we should just hope. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's right. Our Lady of Fatima wanted everyone to know in the 1900s there is a hell and lots of people go there. Yes, that's right. And may may God deliver us as she taught us to pray. Uh, oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Pray, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven. So in the second part of the uh, secret of Fatima revealed by Our Lady, Jude, uh, July 13th, 1917, she said, quote, to prevent this, meaning wars, pers famine, persecutions of the church, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. That plays into this as well. So uh, 12 years later, she kept her word. June 13, 1929, she said, uh, the moment has come in which God asks the Holy Father to make and to order that in union with him, and at the same time, all the bishops of the world make the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart, promising to convert it because of this day of prayer and worldwide reparation. 
So that, <clears throat> yeah, now that the was, order part is people are debating on. Correct. So we have to help people understand there's the 1917, right, message, yes, Threefold Mystery, but then the instructions come in 1929. Correct. Like Our Lady said in, in 17, she said, I will come, uh, I shall come to ask, and that then she kept her word in 1929. She appeared to Sister Lucia, who at the time was a, a Dorothean nun residing in Tui, Spain, and she appeared uh, Sister Lucia was keeping a holy hour on Thursdays from 11 p.m. to midnight, and that's when Our Lady appeared in the, the wonderful uh, vision of the Holy Trinity, the sacrifice of the Mass. It's a beautiful image, very theologically rich. And Sister Lucia actually mentioned she was given insights into the mystery of the Trinity that she was not allowed to share on that occasion as well. So it's a major day in history. Major. Awesome. Okay, so... As we were discussing before we went live, and you've been doing your research, we know of four different texts, or four accounts, two written by Lucia, one by her bishop, and, well, no, I guess two by Lucia, one by her bishop, and one by Lucia to Pope Pius Twelfth. Correct. Did I get that right? So I the one you just read is the 1930 edition. That is correct. Which is the oldest version. Right. As far as I know, yes. So, Can you read it again for us? Yes. Uh, let me see here. Okay. The 1930. Give, so again, the, the apparition happened in 1929, June 13th. Yeah. This is the 1930 edition of her writing it down. And just so folks understand, um, the source for this is the is Frere Michel de la Santa Trinité, Volume 2, it's a three-volume work. It's probably the definitive work on, on Fatima. Cardinal Definitely. Burke has highly praised it publicly. Others have as well. So she, uh, Sister Lucia would regularly correspond with her confessor, a Father Jose Bernardo Goncalves, a, Je a Jesuit priest. And this is what he wrote to her, or excuse me, this is what she wrote to him in 1930 regarding this vision and the message of Our Lady. Quote, the moment has come in which God asks of the Holy Father to make and to order that in union with him and at the same time, all the bishops of the world make the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart, promising to convert it because of this day of prayer and worldwide reparation, end quote. That's the 1930. Correct. Does it have the word order? It does indeed. Yes. As in Frere Michel's English translation, and he was working from primary sources. So I think yeah. it's beyond doubt that his work is trustworthy. Now, I spoke to some Portuguese speakers, including Bishop Schneider, Archbishop Athanasius Schneider, fluent in Portuguese. And he also, and he, I, he said this to me, uh, and then he also did it in an interview, which came out today, which hopefully we'll have time to discuss, with also with Diane Montagna. Yes. That there are different versions. So Correct. We're already going through it. This 1930 version has the word order in it, that the Pope is to order the bishops of the world to perform the consecration with him. Right. But then the 1936 text, which is from May of 1936, yes. does not have the word order. Can you share that one with us, Matt? Yes. And just to also give another uh, sidebar here, the 1930 text or 1936 text that I'm going to read is the one that ended up in Sister Lucia's 
memoirs, a copy of which I'm holding right now. So I think that's where the confusion is coming from. Most people are probably more familiar with the memoirs than they are with the work of Frere Michelle. So this is what the what her letter in 1936 says, quote, the moment has come in which God asks the Holy Father in union with all the bishops of the world to make the consecration of Russia to my immaculate heart, promising to save it by this means. So it's slightly different. It's missing the part about the order. Right. But there is the union. Yes. Yeah. Now, I was speaking to a Portuguese speaker uh, about this, and I asked him about the verb to make the consecration, and he said that the verb there is singular, hmm. referring back to the Holy Father. Right. So I said, does that mean that the bishops are excluded? And all he says, well, it's, it's not really clear. It seems like the mm -hmm. intention of Our Lady of Fatima is the Pope makes the consecration singular as a singular Pope. Right. And then he is, he orders, unites with all the bishops in that. So not like a, I don't know what kind of terminology here. It's not really a con celebration. I don't know. I don't know if we should even use that kind of language here. Right. Um, but anyway, that's the 1936. And so what I last week mentioned that there was an order to the bishops a lot of people jumped on the keyboard and said no no there's no order if you read portuguese not that but they were looking at the 1936 edition and they were looking at the edition as you said it's in the memoirs right of sister lucia which is kind of what most i think people who have read some devotional literature they've read the memoirs of lucia they haven't read the uh is it the frere michelle Right. And unfortunately, in the memoirs, there's no footnote like, hey, there's another version of this and they provide that text. They just make it look like that's the only that's the only time that she ever wrote it down. So. Right. right. OK, so now to make it even a little bit more confusing, there is a 1937 letter yes. from Lucia's bishop. Can you explain to us? I think that was March 1937. Can you explain to us the context for this third testimony? Yes. So in March of 1937, Dom Jose Alves Correria da Silva, I apologize if I mispronounced the Portuguese, he was the Bishop of Leiria Fatima, Lucia's bishop. He died in 1957. It was to him that was uh, the secret of Fatima was actually entrusted first. He was on the front cover of Time magazine. I forget which year. But, uh, yeah. So he wrote to Pope Pius XI, who reigned from 1922 to 1939 on Sister Lucia's behalf. So he wrote to him in 1937, and he did, in fact, use the word order in reference to the consecration. This is an excerpt from his letter, again, found in Frere Michel's Volume 2. Quote, This religious, Sister Lucia, asks me to communicate to your holiness that according to a revelation from heaven— He's referring to June 13, 1929. The good Lord promises to end the persecution in Russia if your holiness deigns to make and order all the bishops of the Catholic world equally to make a public and solemn act of reparation and consecration of Russia to the most holy hearts of Jesus and Mary, end quote. That's very explicit. Yes. Very also, I, I found it interesting at the end there, it says to not only the Immaculate Heart of Mary, but also the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Right. Well, I guess it's always implied because everything goes through Mary to Jesus. 
And I think the the key maybe to understand that is Sister Lucia also related in 1936. Um, her confessor, if I recall correctly, Father Goncalves asked, just looking up, here we go. Uh, he asked her, why is it that our Lord will not uh, convert Russia without this consecration? And this is what Our Lady said. Uh, this is what Sister Lucia explained as coming directly from our Lord on this question. So she says, she wrote in her letter, intimately I have spoken to our Lord about the subject, and not too long ago I asked him why he would not convert Russia without the Holy Father making that consecration. This is quote from our Lord. Because I want my whole church to acknowledge that the consecration, that consecration as a triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, so that it may extend its cult or devotion uh, later on, and put the devotion to this Immaculate Heart beside the devotion to my Sacred Heart. So the the devotion to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart and the devotion to the Sacred Heart go together by God's will. Of course. Of course. Okay, good. So that gives the explicit, and it seems that if Lucia once wrote it down to order the bishops, and then the bishop writing the Pope, in this case, Pius XI, also says to order and to make, this is definitely part of the, this is an integral part of the conditions revealed by Our Lady of Fatima to Sister Lucia. And then related through her bishop, I mean, this is official. Yes. You know, this isn't a tweet. No. <laughs> Relating the instructions through her bishop to the successor of St. Peter, Pius the Eleventh, all documented. Yep. All right. Then let's see. We've done the nineteen. That's the nineteen thirty-seven, right? Correct. So we've done nineteen thirty, thirty-six, thirty-seven, and then. And now we're going to get to nineteen forty. So this is a letter, night uh, December second, from to Spain, nineteen forty. And I'm going to read the opening. I won't read the whole thing. It's a little bit long, but I am going to get to the part about Russia. Okay. Okay. So she says, Most Holy Father. Now, this is written not to Pius XI. This is listen, uh, uh, written to Pius Twelfth. Yes. Quote, Most Holy Father, humbly prostrated at your feet, I come as the last sheep of the fold entrusted to you to open my heart by order of my spiritual director. So she's writing this because her spiritual director told her to. Quote, I am the only survivor of children to whom Our Lady appeared in Fatima from the 13th of May until the 13th of October in 1917. The Blessed Virgin Mary has granted me many graces, the greatest of all being my admission to the Institute of St. Dorothy. To hear this is copy in the sketch the bishop sent me. I don't know what that means. Can I just interject something real yep. quick? So. For folks who may not know much about Sister Lucia's history, she originally entered the, the Order of St. Dorothy Dorothean, but then I believe in the—I forget the exact—I think it was 1946—she asked to be admitted to the Carmelites because she wanted a more contemplative life. Right. So just a, just a footnote there. Thank you for that. Because, yeah, we've seen her—you know, what everyone thinks of her as a Carmelite. Yeah. And this letter is 1940, so she becomes Carmelite in 46. So. Yeah. All right. She says, I come, Most Holy Father— to renew a request that has been already brought to you several times. I'm going to pause here. We know that the request was made to Pius XI, 
Now we know that it's been brought to Pius XII many times. She continues, quote, The request, Most Holy Father, is from our Lord and our Good Mother in Heaven. In 1917, in the portion of the apparitions that we have designated the secret, the Blessed Virgin revealed the end of the war that was then afflicting Europe and predicted another forthcoming, saying that it would that to prevent it, she would come and ask for the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart, as well as the communion of reparation on the first Saturday. She yes. promised peace in the conversion of that nation if her request was attended to. She announced that otherwise this nation would spread her errors throughout the world and there would be wars, persecutions of the Holy Church, martyrdom of many Christians, several persecutions and sufferings, reserved for your holiness and the annihilation of several nations, end quote. Do you want to add something there, Matt? Uh, I think the text definitely speaks for itself. I think it's it's intense. And I mean, that annihilation of nations goes back to the whole third secret. Yes. So it's kind of surprising to see her. If I, I guess I could add just uh, what Our Lady actually said about that. Um, so she said... In the second part of the the secret, when you see an, a night illuminated by an unknown light, which is an aurora borealis right. during the yeah. night of January 25th to 26th, 1938, know that this is the great sign given you by God that he is about to punish the world. And then she goes down to say, if my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, then a lot of bad stuff will follow, including various nations will be annihilated. It's no joke. She goes on to say, quote, I mean, everybody listening right now, I want you to listen to what Sister Lucy is saying here. This is profound. Her directly from the mother of God. <laughs> from the mother of God, and she's writing to the Pope. Like, we are bringing back the veil, and we are seeing beautiful, amazing, and apocalyptic things. In fact, apocalypse means pulling back the veil, removing the cover. That's what yes. apocalypse means. So we are actually getting an apocalypse now into the inner workings of Our Lady of Fatima. She goes on to say, quote, Most Holy Father, this remained a secret until 1926, according to the express will of Our Lady. Then in a revelation, she asked that the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays of five consecutive months be propagated throughout the world, with its condition of doing the following with the same purpose, going to confession, meditating for a quarter of an hour on the mysteries of the rosary, and saying the rosary with the aim of making reparation for the insults, sacrileges, and indifferences committed against her Immaculate Heart. Our good Heavenly Mother promises to assist the persons who practice this devotion in the hour of their death with all the necessary graces for their salvation, I exposed the request of Our Lady to my confessor who tried to have it fulfilled, but only on the 13th of September, 1939, did His Excellency, the Bishop of La Area, make public in Fatima this request of Our Lady. It's interesting here, Matt, that she's not just having these visions and going to the world and saying them, she's going to her spiritual director and her bishop, Yep, which is a sign of a real apparition. Yep. Okay, now yep. you ready for the Russian part? Or you want to add something, Matt? Well, I was just going to uh, interject. 
briefly. So what she's referring to the is the apparition of Our Lady at Ponte Vedra on December 10th, 1925, an account of which is included in the official memoirs uh, as an appendix in the back. So real quick, just Our Lady said, well, we probably don't have time to read all of it, but um, that's the origin of it. And if you look in my, I wrote an article last week summarizing as, lot of, as much as I could all of this stuff uh, for at Catholic Family News. So it's, the article is called Vatican Announces Pope Francis will consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Will he fulfill heaven's specific conditions? And there's a link to the Ponte Vedra uh, in that article. So, okay. Good. Okay, now here is the part about Russia. All right, this is again 1940, Sister Lucia writing directly to Pope Pius XII. Quote, listen carefully. I take this opportunity, most holy father, to ask you to bless and extend this devotion to the whole world. In 1929, through another apparition, Our Lady asked for the consecration of Russia to mm -hmm. her immaculate heart, promising its conversion through this means and the hindering of the propagation of its errors. Sometime afterwards, I told my confessor of the request of Our Lady. He tried to fulfill it by making it known to Pius XI. End quote. So we just covered that, right, Matt? Yes. That would have been the letter that went through the bishop to Pius XI in 1937. Yes. So we're three years later, 1940, and she's trying again with Pius XII. Yes. And here it is. Drum roll, please. Here she goes. In several intimate communications, our Lord has not stopped insisting on this request promising lately to shorten the days of tribulation, which he has determined to punish the nations for their crimes through war, famine, and several persecutions of the Holy Church and your holiness. If you will consecrate the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary with a special mention for Russia in order that all the bishops of the world do the same in union with your holiness. I truly feel your sufferings, most holy father, and at much and as much as I can through my humble prayers and sacrifices I try to lessen them close to our Lord and to the immaculate heart of Mary. End quote. Pause here. Yes. This is fascinating to me because she mentions the world. We saw in 1984 that John Paul II consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, but he did not say Russia. Here, she specifically says that there's an there's to be an order. She says, order that all the bishops of the world do the same in union with your holiness. So we have twice before she's had order. Here again for the third time, there is to be an order to all the bishops of the world. But what I found interesting, Matt, is she says... If you will consecrate the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary with a special mention of Russia. What do that you think of that? That is definitely interesting. I'm, I was trying to think. I know that I've read somewhere in Frere Michelle's three-volume work. It might be volume two, might be volume three. I'd have to go back and look. But if I remember correctly, and you don't necessarily quote me on this, but I think either her spiritual director or her bishop, somebody may have suggested to her 
that in order to, I don't know if soften is the right word, but make it a little more palatable to the Pope, that she frame it in terms of consecrating the world. Time with out, his- time out. Is this what Our Lady asked or is this massaging things? Uh, I think it's probably the latter. (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously in the first three mentions, there's been no mention of the world at all. Suddenly in 1940, we got the world. I guess to answer the question, I would go to the testimony of Lucia herself. For example, uh, as you know, I think you quote this in Infiltration in 1946. So that would have been four years after this text to Pius XII. Sister Lucia was interviewed by Catholic historian William Thomas Walsh, and Professor Walsh documented, he described the interview in his 1947 book, Our Lady of Fatima, and here's what he says, quote, finally we came, this was like a three-hour interview with, with Sister Lucia, finally we came to the important subject of the 2nd July secret of which uh, so many different versions, conflicting versions have been published. Lucia made it plain that what Our Lady uh, did not that Our Lady did not ask for the consecration of the world to her Immaculate Heart. What Our Lady demanded specifically was the consecration of Russia. And then he provides this quote from from Sister Lucia: "What Our Lady wants is that the Pope and all the bishops in the world shall consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart on one special day. If this is done, she will convert Russia, and there will be peace." If it is not done, the errors of Russia will spread through every country in the world, end quote. And remember, this is four years after Pius XII did his consecration of the world, almost four years after that. Yeah, he did that and, consecration of the world I think it was in 1942. October, yeah, October 31st, 1942. Halloween, yeah. But then he did another one in 1952, Pius yes. XII. And there he did, in paper, in a document, consecrate yes. Russia, but not in union with the bishops. Correct. So it didn't meet the qualifications of Our Lady. Because I've been saying there are three qualifications, but I was reading uh, Bishop Schneider, and he actually shows there's actually four qualifications. So the three qualifications are the Pope does it, consecrates, right. doesn't entrust, doesn't bless, consecrates. Orders the bishops in union with him to do it and mentions Russia. But Bishop Schneider had a good point. He said in all the versions, it's to be consecrated to the Immaculate Heart. So Schneider says to say um, something generic like to the Trinity or he's Schneider says even to say to the Blessed Mother or to Mary or the Theotokos, that's not sufficient. The whole point of this is to highlight her heart yes so i guess we could say there is actually a fourth condition that the immaculate heart of mary is mentioned yes those are the four conditions absolutely right yes that's an integral part of the whole message of fatima she said in order to save souls from going to hell god wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart so yeah there it is there it is i want to take a pause here pivot and talk about Malachi Martin. I've spoken to people who knew Malachi Martin and it's always a mixed bag. Um, right. What they say about him. So I'm not going to go into the 
history of Malachi Martin, but I am going to highlight this interview that you found and shared with me. Um, I guess I'll read it and I'll let you comment on it, Matt, because you found sure, it. Sure, be fine. Okay, so this is an interview with Bernard Jansen from Canada. He's a Canadian journalist interviewing Malachi Martin. I think this interview is 1996. It was conducted, yeah, an audio recorded interview in 1996, the same year that Malachi Martin's famous book, Windswept House, was published. Excellent. Very good. So the interviewer, Bernard Jansen, says, quote, to Malachi Martin, you have just mentioned Gorbachev. The book, Windswept House, speaks a lot about Russia. Does Russia still play an important role in the message of Fatima, even though the Iron Curtain has come down? End quote. You know, one of the things, Matt, when you talk to people, especially people who um, maybe they're not traditional or they think that the consecration of Russia has already happened because John Paul II in 1984. And you always say, well, was Russia converted? And they always say, well, the Berlin Wall fell down. It's like, the Berlin Wall is East Germany. Right. Not exactly Russia. Yes, it was a defeat for communism, but that if wasn't I, it. Before you continue on that, if I could interject a very important quote from Father Joaquin Alonso. He was the official Fatima archivist for over 16 years, had numerous interviews with Sister Lucia. And this is what he relates about Sister Lucia's understanding of what it means for Russia to convert. Quote, Lucy has always thought that the conversion of Russia does not extend only to a return of the Russian people to the Christian Orthodox religion, while rejecting the Marxist atheism of the Soviets, but that it refers simply and fully to the total and integral conversion by a return to the unique and true Roman Catholic Church, end quote. Yes. So we're that talking about submission is. to the Roman pontiff. Yes. It doesn't mean they have to be Roman right, but they do have to be in union with Rome. On that point, uh, I wish I had his name. There was a a Spanish, I don't know if he was a royal or a noble. Have you heard the story? Maybe he I was don't... Portuguese. I don't know. Let's just say there was an aristocrat from the Iberian Peninsula. That'll cover my bases. But he wrote Lucia during her lifetime asking her, the same question you were talking about. And he says, I understand. I think he said that it's that they become Catholic in union with the Pope and the Catholic church. Does that mean that they would return? They would go to the Roman rite, or would they continue to say the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom and Lucia's response was no, that as long as they're in communion with the Holy See, they could would continue their liturgical patrimony. Exactly right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So here's what, Malachi Martin says in response. So the question is, does Russia still play an integral role? The message of Fatima. And then Malachi Martin gives this very surprising response. Quote, it certainly does. And as I've said to you, says Malachi Martin, and I think that is true, there is some unfinished chapter or paragraph in John Paul II's life before he dies in connection with Russia. His destiny is tied with Kiev in Ukraine and with Moscow. In the pause here. Isn't that interesting, Matt? It is. He's not just saying Russia. He's saying that John Paul II, his destiny is tied with Kiev in the Ukraine and Moscow and Russia. And here we are having a consecration with Ukraine and Russia. That is very, <laughs> very interesting indeed. So then Malachi Martin asked a rhetorical question. He says, why? He says, I don't know. Quote, but I do know this much. 
This Pope, he's talking about John Paul II, this Pope is connected somehow to Russia. This is what he has told me, and I believe it. Now, with regards to the message of Fatima, as it stands, it still stands. The errors of Russia are now spread throughout the world. Our Lady did say, Russia will finally be converted by my Immaculate Heart. Russia will be converted if she said it would be. But she did say it would be late. Yes. So Russia is crucial, is a crucial part of God's plan. Why? The answer to that question would take me uh, too far into the field of papal secrets. But the fact is that Russia is part and parcel of God's plan. What it really boils down to is that it is God's choice. It is purely and simply God's choice. It is like when he chose the Jews to bring his son into the world. God makes choices. He has his own favorite solutions for things. I wouldn't have cho chosen Russia or Kiev or the East for salvation. But the fact is that he chose salvation to come from the East for us all. And for John Paul II, who is tied to Russia, his great pain is that he failed in his mission, end quote. Whoa. Yeah. That's a slap <laughs> in the face right there. <laughs> so Malachi Martin is saying that there's some mystery of Fatima, Kiev, Moscow, and John Paul II. And somehow Malachi Martin, whether he's making this up or he knows it, that the great pain of John Paul II was that he failed his mission. Yep. And as most viewers probably know, Mal uh, Malachi Martin claimed to have read the full text of the Third Secret. He was the private secretary to Cardinal Augustin Bea, famous Jesuit cardinal who was, I think, the confessor to John the Twenty Third, maybe to uh, Pius. Uh, the no, Bea was the confessor of uh, Pius the Twelfth. Yeah, that's after right. 1955, I believe. But it, it was actually it, two readings of the third secret. Yes. Uh, I document both of them in infiltration. So yes. there's a lot of confusion because uh, when I first started doing research and I was reading Malachi Martin's account of it, it disagreed in location and time with what else I had read. But then as uh -huh. I began to study, I realized that uh, I believe it's been a while since I wrote the book. But uh, there was a, a reading at Castle Gandolfo and a reading back at the Vatican, two separate events um, yeah. with diff some of the same people, but different people looking at that third secret right? under Roncalli, John, Paul, uh, John the 23rd. So that's pretty interesting. And I kind of wish we still had Malachi Martin around because my main question would be, especially since we're dealing with a Ukrainian-Russian problem right now, is to be like, now, what did you mean by Kiev and Russia? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I know for certain that he did hold the 1984 consecration did not fulfill Our Lady's specific requests, which is obvious. Yeah. Let's tackle that right now, because I know there's a portion of people watching who are said, well, my pastor said that he did it in 1984 or, well, Sister Lucia said heaven received it. So that's that. Why is it? that some people still believe it was done. And why is it that some of us like you and me, Matt are so convinced that it was not done in 1984. Can you maybe just spend a couple minutes explaining that controversy? Yeah. So in my recent article published last week, it's available at Catholic family news. The one about Vatican announces Pope Francis will consecrate, et cetera, et cetera. You'll it's pretty close to the front. You'll see it. 
So I have a section towards the end called Past Consecrations and Sister Lucia's Testimony, and I explain, uh, in addition to the fact that no pope has ever fulfilled Our Lady's specific instructions, we also have decades of testimony from Sister Lucia that none of the aforementioned consecrations uh, have ever satisfied heaven's conditions. And I go on to quote uh, Professor Walsh's testimony in his book, Our Lady of Fatima, which I read earlier. And then I go on to say several times throughout the 1980s, Sister Lucia repeated that the papal consecrations thus performed, including JP2's 1984 consecration, did not fulfill heaven's specific conditions. And I quote from our, our friend and colleague, uh, Christopher Ferrara's book, False Friends of Fatima. The yep. whole thing is available online in PDF format. I link to it in the article. So definitely want to check that out. I've got my hard copy. Yeah, I'm looking for mine right here. I don't see it. So this is what Sister, I mean, bottom line, this is what Sister Lucia said. Ironically, in the, as Chris explains, the, the Spanish publication of the Blue Army, that's one of the main groups. Now, now it's called the World Apostolate of Fatima, which claims that the consecration of 84 was the consecration. So in their official Spanish publication in 1985, this is what Our Lady, or this is what Sister Lucia said about the 84 consecration, quote, there was no participation of all the bishops and there was no mention of Russia. Uh, Chris then says she was then asked or what the source he's quoting from. She was then asked. So the consecration was not done as requested by our lady question mark to which she Lucia replied. No, many bishops attached no importance to this act. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And Chris goes on to explain this is where people are getting the notion that the 84 consecration was done. Uh, Chris explains, quote, by 1988-89, not only the Blue Army, but other major Fatima apostolates that had maintained that the consecration was not yet accomplished were reversing themselves. Uh, it was also at this time that typewritten and computer-generated letters purportedly from Sister Lucia, who never used a computer, Chris notes, began to circulate. One of those letters, there are five, I believe, in total, is dated uh, November 8th, 1989, and that it's to address to a Mr. Nolker, N-O-E-L-K-E-R, and that's the one that the Vatican, specifically then Archbishop Bertone, now Cardinal Bertone, referenced, yeah, in his um, introduction to the booklet, The Message of Fatima. The problem with this letter, as Chris points out, quote, it contains uh, the statement by, you know, he puts in scare quotes, Sister Lucy, that Pope Paul VI consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart during his brief visit to Fatima in 1967, a consecration that never happened, as Sister Lucy certainly knew because she witnessed the entire visit. So it contains this supposed letter from Sister Lucy contains factual errors right. that, that Lucy would know are false. Let's take a pause here. You know, I used to make fun of the whole fake Sister Lucia, like, oh, it's so dumb, you know. Now that I've seen how much the Vatican has lied for 25 years over all things Fatima and all these shell games, maybe there was a fake Sister Lucia. I don't know. One of the things that's interesting about the interview with Bishop Schneider is the recent one by Diane Montagna. Have you had a chance to read it yet? I was trying to skim through it right before we went live. Okay. So um, 
he talks about, I'm trying to find the part where uh, heaven received it, right? Oh, he's accepted by heaven. Yes. So Bishop Schneider says that from 1984 until the fall of the Berlin Wall, this is uh, Bishop Schneider, quote, Sister Lucia, and this is from Diane Montagna's interview. Man, Diane Montagna, big, big standing ovation for her. She got the text of the prayer, and she got this interview with Schneider out. I think it came Which we out. have to get to before we wrap up, by the way. What's that? But we, and we still have to get to the text of uh, that she republished. Oh, Mama Mia, we haven't even got to that. Okay. <laughs> so, so from 1984 until the fall uh, – by the way, everybody, everybody uh, follow – Matt Gaspers on Twitter, follow Diane Montagna. They've been doing a lot of good work here. Like this video, share this video. Let's get this info out. Because as far as I know, this is the most complete research with all the data points that I know of right now. Unless you just spend the time and read Frere Michelle's whole book, which I think is also a good idea. But I think Matt Gaspers has done a lot of that heavy lifting. Okay, here's the quote from um, Bishop Schneider on Lucia. Quote, Sister Lucia maintained that none of the consecrations made until then had been valid. That is, that they met the requirements of Our Lady. In an interview given in 1985 to Sol de Fatima magazine, Sister Lucia uh, peremptively declared regarding those carried out by John Paul II, the one in Fatima in 1982 and the one in Rome in 1984, quote, there was not the participation of all the bishops, nor was Russia mentioned, end quote. Yep, that's the same one that I just read to you. Yeah, so from 1984 until 1988, Lucia's going around saying, yeah, it wasn't valid. I mean, it, it didn't have all the bishops, and there was no mention of Russia. She's just like, swing and a miss, guys. But then, Bishop Schneider says, in a letter dated uh, November 8, 1989, Sister Lucia stated, yes, the consecration has been carried out as Our Lady asked since March 25, 1984. And in a conversation with Cardinal Tarsicio Bertone with Sister Lucia, she reportedly declared, I have already said the consecration desired by Our Lady was made in 1974, 1984 in heaven, uh, and it was accepted by heaven, end quote. So Matt, Either she changed her mind, she was replaced by another Sister Lucia, a fake Sister Lucia, or what else is going on here? Fake correspondence? I mean, the the scenario that I'm most familiar with is the fake correspondence. I mean, mm -hmm. several of these letters have been shown to be fraudulent, like the one referenced in the, the Vatican document from June 26, 2000, the November 8, 1989 letter. It contains factual errors that Sister Lucia would not have made. So honestly, I don't know. I don't know. It, it It's another one of those mysteries that's wrapped up in all of this. Now, uh, Bishop Schneider quotes a Father Francisquini, if I'm reading this correctly, who offers a plausible answer, which I don't really buy. Here's the suggestion. Quote, it is legitimate to conjecture that when reevaluating the act of John Paul II in 1984, Sister Lucia allowed herself to be influenced by the atmosphere of optimism that spread in the world after the collapse of the Soviet Empire. Mm. So this is the idea that she knew all along it was invalid, but then, oh, wow, the Soviet Empire is falling apart. That must be it. Remix, look at, look at, remix. And then 
Uh, oh yeah, that was it. So I think something something's keep, foul here. Something to keep in mind is that I'm pretty sure in Fur Michelle's three volume work, he quotes Sister Lucia as acknowledging that Pius XII's 1942 consecration did contribute to the end of the Second World War. But it's simply, she said, the the conversion of Russia is not for now. Because he said world, not yeah. Russia. So it brought some fruits, but not right. the fruit of conversion of Russia. And again, as we already mentioned, the conversion of Russia does not mean the fall of the Soviet Union, the, the fall of the Berlin Wall. It means their reunion with Rome. Correct. Correct. Wow. Okay, so let's look at the actual Pope. Francis consecration. Uh, people say everywhere I go, people say, Hey Marshall, is this, is it valid? Is it valid? It's valid. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, first off is Pope Francis, a valid Pope. I think if he's not, then this whole thing is not going to be people who think Benedict is the true Pope. Benedict is participating, but he's not leading. I don't, this kind of goes back to con celebration. I mean, it's a big, that's a big mess. If, Francis is a valid pope. I kind of think this should take. What do you think? It's that's, valid. Cert that's certainly my hope and prayer. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we don't have a whole lot of time left to discuss in detail the text of this. Uh, it's called the Act of Consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. It was issued by Pope Francis together with a letter addressed to individual bishops dated uh, yesterday, March 21st, 2022, given from St. John Lateran. That's according to Diane Montagna's tweet. And, you know, I, I've read through the text, as I'm sure you have. It, it's in certain places, it definitely smacks of what I would call Francis speak. Definitely got like, the Bergoglian vibe going. To give one example from the second paragraph, it's uh, this is from the act of consecration itself. Um, let's see here. We chose to ignore God, to be satisfied with our illusions, to grow arrogant and ignorant. Uh, we stopped being our neighbor's keepers and stewards of our common home. Obviously, that's an allusion to Laudato Si. Uh, we have ravaged the garden of the earth with war, and by our sins, we have broken the heart of our Heavenly Father, who desires us to be brothers and sisters. So you got some human fraternity. fraternity. Later on, he does say fraternity explicitly. Yeah. No. So let's not read you know, the whole. It's long. Yeah. I don't want to read the whole. It's, not a, it's certainly not ideal. Look, everybody watching right now, there's 3,700 people watching right now. All they want to know is what does that prayer say? Okay. And does it, second, does it do it? So, second to last paragraph, so read it. This, this is what it says. Therefore, Mother of God and our Mother, to your immaculate heart, we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves, the church, and all humanity especially Russia and Ukraine. That's it. Uh, read the, keep on reading. The other part, sure. I, I think it's still good. Keep reading, except. So accept this act that we carry out with confidence and love. Grant that war may end and peace spread throughout the world. The fiat that arose from your heart opened the doors of history to the Prince of Peace. We trust that through your heart, Peace will dawn once more. To you, we consecrate the future of the whole human family, the needs and expectations of every people, the anxieties and hopes of the world. End quote. Okay. So let's get down into the nitty gritty here, Matt Gaspers. 
I'm, I'm putting on the screen for everybody just the one sentence consecration. Okay. I'll read it again for everyone. Quote, therefore, mother of God and our mother, to your immaculate heart, we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves, the church, and all humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine. So if we go through the four conditions, is this made by the Pope? Well, Francis is really the Pope. Check that box. Yes. Number two, ordered in union with the bishops. This one has a little bit of a gray question mark for me. He right. invited the bishops. Right. But he didn't order them. Now, I was talking to a priest recently. He said, well, when the Supreme Pontiff invites you to do anything, that is an order. Right. Kind of like when I'm, I don't know though, like I'm a dad, I'm a, I'm the leader of my home, right? The father, right. spiritual father of my home. And I say, Hey Jude, I don't ever say, Jude, I would like to invite you to take out the trash. <laughs> Mary, I would like to invite you to wash the dishes. I would like to invite you to babysit on Friday. Well, mom and I go on a date. Right. You know, sometimes I say, would you please take out the trash? I guess that is an invitation. I think and if he says no, he's but... like, he's in trouble. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like that was my wife, not my nice way of ordering you. So I guess there is kind of a, you know, if my, if my wife says, Jude, take, would you please take out the trash? And 20 minutes later, I walk and see the trash is overflowing. Can I honestly say to Jude, your mother ordered you to do it and you didn't do it. You're, tr you're in trouble. Maybe. What do you yeah. think? So here's what, I mean, we get some clarity on this issue from the Pope's letter addressed to individual, like it's meant to be right. go to this bishop, not to the whole group, but yeah. it starts out by saying just dear brother. So he says, this act of consecration is meant to be a gesture of the universal church, which in this dramatic moment lifts up to God through his mother and ours, the cry of pain of all those who suffer and implore an end to the violence. He's referring, obviously, to the situation in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So he says, quote, I ask you to join in this act. He doesn't say our order. He says, I ask mm -hmm. you to join in this act by inviting the priests, religious, and faithful to assemble in their churches and places of prayer on March 25th so that God's holy people may raise a heartfelt and choral plea to Mary, our mother. And he says, I'm sending you the text of the prayer of consecration so that all of us can recite it throughout that day in fraternal union. So clearly it is the Pope's intention to have everyone doing this together. Yeah. At Even at the same time. And he's sending a letter to all of them. And he specifies in the letter, the act itself of consecration right. will take place at 6.30 p.m. Right. Rome time. Yeah. The penance service starts at 5 p.m., but the act itself will be made an hour and a half later at 6.30 right. Rome time. Yeah. When Rome time, I believe, is five hours ahead of Eastern time. Yeah. So, and then it says to the Immaculate Heart, it doesn't just, even though it's addressed to Mother of God, it says right. Let's say to, to your, immaculate. your Immaculate Heart. So it, it checks that box. So, and it this used is the word way better than anything John Paul II did. I would say, objectively speaking, yeah. it seems to be, yes. Yeah. So, I don't have anything else to say. We're up at, uh, what are we at here? We're at 55 minutes. 
Um, I say let us wait and see what happens. And yep. then um, pray. I'm going to be fasting on Friday. I plan to go to Mass on Friday. Maybe I can get into confession on Friday. Um, we have to hope. We have to pray. Absolutely. I'm not totally convinced because all of this is so confusing and there's so much craziness in the church and craziness with the pontificate of Pope Francis. But I also know that sometimes God has done miraculous things with really broken situations. And so, yes, you know, that's just the story of the Old Testament right there. I'll let you have the closing thought before we sign off. You got two minutes. So there is one other aspect that we haven't had too much time to cover, but the five first Saturdays, Ooh, that's yeah. the communion of reparations is really our part as the laity. If people are wondering, what can I do to help this? You've got to make a commitment to complete the five first Saturdays, because this is what Sister Lucia also wrote um, to her confessor. I forget the exact, I think it might've been in that 1930 correspondence that we went over earlier. So just to reiterate, she said, regarding Russia, if I'm not mistaken, our good Lord promises to put an end to the persecution in Russia if the Holy Father himself deigns to make and orders the bishops of the Catholic world to equally make a solemn and public act of reparation and consecration of Russia to the sacred hearts of Jesus and Mary. But it goes on. And if his holiness promises at the end of this persecution to approve and recommend the practice of the reparatory devotion indicated above. She's referring to the five first Saturdays. So that's another part of this equation, is that the Pope needs to solemnly promulgate the five first Saturdays devotion and encourage all the faithful, all Catholics throughout the world, to practice it as an act of reparation to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. So we got to do the we gotta first do it. We got to pray the rosary every day. If you don't pray the rosary every day, you're not on the team. Pray the rosary every day. And then that, to also be on the team, we got to get serious and do the first five Saturdays and yes. honor the Immaculate Heart in reparation for sin against them. Right. And I'll also just include one, on one occasion, Sister Lucia actually said, whether this was in uh, also correspondence with her spiritual director, Father Goncalves, whether or not the world has war or peace depends on this devotion. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget the exact quote. Depends on people doing the five first Saturdays as well as the consecration of Russia. So they, they go together. Yeah. Thank Definitely you. Definitely. Yeah. All right, friends. There's the information. Matt Gaspers, thanks for being on. God bless you for all your research. Pray the rosary every day. Do penance, especially on Fridays, especially in Fridays and Lent. Do the first five Saturdays. And uh, there's a lot of information. Please share this video. Maybe rewatch it again. We will be doing more research. If we find more stuff, we will definitely be sharing it with you. Again, thank you, Matt Gaspers from Catholic Family News, being on today. Thank you so much, Taylor. It was a pleasure. And remember, our Lord Jesus Christ says you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed. Matt